Hi, I'm James Fratsky, and this is Back to Business, COVID-19 and You, powered by Fratsky Media. Before we get started, I wanted to share with you that today's episode of the Back to Business podcast is brought to you by Infinity Bank. Infinity Bank is Southern California's newest bank specifically designed to help you and your business succeed. When you call Infinity Bank, you will speak to a real person who works in the office, not someone in another state or even another continent. The people at Infinity Bank are business owners just like you, so they understand what it takes to own and operate a business, especially in times like these. Call Infinity Bank today. I have personally spent time with both Bala and Victor, the CEO and president. They will work with you to find ways to help. Don't waste any more time hoping your bank will get back to you. Call them today at 657-223-1000 or visit them at GoInfinityBank.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited because today I get to talk to Jacob Jaber, the Phil's Coffee CEO. Uh, and it's no secret, if you know me personally, that I'm a huge fan of Phil's Coffee for a couple of different reasons that we'll get into in this podcast. But one of the big reasons is just like Fratsky Media, Phil's is a family-owned and battle-tested company. And so we're going to walk through how Phil's ability to kind of digitize some of their processes through having an e-commerce store and a mobile app has allowed them to kind of sustain a nice amount of business going into this COVID-19 pandemic and how that you, the listener, can take some of those key takeaways and implement them into your business when we're thinking about what it looks like to get back to normal or this new normal that none of us are quite sure what it's going to look like. So without further ado, please enjoy my interview with Jacob Jaber. All right. Well, uh, everybody, I'm excited to, uh, to have Jacob Jaber on the show today, the CEO of Phil's Coffee. Uh, how the heck are you? I'm doing well, all things considered. I appreciate it. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, uh, again, to your point, all things considered, I wanted to do a little bit of fan service right at the beginning because there's a likelihood that that people that don't necessarily know me, but know Phil's Coffee are going to listen to this. And so I just want to kind of say at the beginning, I have uh, here in front of me my Phil's Coffee for today. I got the large ecstatic, no cream, medium honey on a little bit of a diet. So that's how I, I like to fill, you know, keep it kind of low on sugar and cream. But uh, yep. how, how many cups of coffee, Phil's coffee, have you had today, Jacob? Today, uh, three. Three nice. so far. I'll probably have one more. I had a Sora. I like that with honey and cream. I had the Jacob's, which is a darker blend with honey and cream. And then our cold brew, which you just launched. So if you like the ecstatic, I think you'll love the cold brew. I yeah. get it with a little bit of oat milk and sugar, mm. and it's only like 50, 60 calories. I don't get too much of either of them, but it's it's so good. So I recommend that. Yeah. Well, I will definitely have to try that. And then the last yeah. fan service thing I want to say, because if you're listening right now and you know that Phil's is a family-owned business and you're the son of the man with the name on the side of the building, Phil's, I uh, have to know, how is Phil doing? Is everything okay? Yeah, he's doing all right. He's at home, staying safe. We talk almost every day, and uh, he's always thinking about the team, the customers, and he knows so many customers, so he just talks on the phone with them, believe wow. it or not. Like, they'll text him, they'll check on him, because <laughs> uh, we're, you know, 
we we started as baristas in the business behind the bar so it's you know making coffee for people is near and dear to our heart bettering people's days building a sense of community right well and you know what that's the interesting thing i thought we could kind of start with this really cool case study because again being a phil's fan um and and kind of being able to see things firsthand i've really been impressed by how the company has reacted and keep in mind if you're listening to this you know phil's has 59 plus locations something like that um on the east coast on the west coast you're in dc you're in boston you're in chicago you're here in california both north and south so you, you kind of have this interesting perspective of handling this this crisis from a lot of different places um and so I'm just going to go through a series of emails real quick that I got from the Phil's team starting on March 15th. So March 15th, I get an email uh, letting me know that the, all 59 locations are taking extra precautions. I loved that. You know, you automatically started communicating with your customers and letting them know, hey, this is a safe place to be and, and this is how we're doing it. Next day, March 16th, uh, another email goes out. And this was right before kind of the, the shelter in place orders here in California saying, hey, we're temporarily closing uh, our locations, but free shipping online. So you have that e-commerce portion of your business where you're able to ship coffee and do fills at home. And so I really thought that was interesting from a, a business perspective. You think of a coffee shop, you think of brick and mortar, because you have that online presence, you were able to pivot and, and mm -hmm. put some more attention there. Really love that. March 17th, uh, another email goes out that we're temporarily closed. March 23rd, another email about the free shipping. A good reminder, love that. March 24th, warm up your Phil's app. We're testing a mobile-only experience. And I think what I really appreciated about this was the idea that you guys had the app in place, and so you were able to quickly jump into this, this mobile-first experience and that you were testing it out. So let's pause there and then we'll go through the rest. Tell me a little bit about the decisions that had to be made to get to that point and just what that looked like behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, I'm super glad you have all those, all those emails together They're in my inbox. Yeah. I just went back and looked at them. Yeah. There's one thing that's important during times of crisis and that's communication and you want to over communicate. Sometimes it can get annoying, but it's better to, you know, nobody, no, but it, 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 communicating a little bit more than a little bit less is better in this situation, especially for our team. But first and foremost, I mean, this is the first time anybody has, I think, has ever dealt with something like this. So I think immediately you just revert to your your values and the survive surviving as a business, mm. right? Because if you, you know, going from 100% of sales to almost zero when we closed um, was not sustainable. So we, we closed because um, we wanted to step back and think about, okay, well, we're in a crisis right now and the safety of our customers and our team members are at risk. Um, but if we don't reopen soon, we're gonna be struggling in a big way and there might not be a place for people to come back to. So. I wasn't going to let that happen. And none of the leadership team would have let that happen. And we're a great business. I mean, February was one of our best months ever in history. So we've been doing excellent as a business and, and a company. So we stepped back, we evaluated, okay, what is a safe way to fills 
um, mm. that starting with our team, what can we do to create a safe environment for our team? And then what can we do to make a safe experience for our customers? And our mobile app was, we designed it in-house custom a couple of years back. And it's, it's a great app. It's a delightful app. It's very simple. It's user-friendly. It's conversational. So it still feels like personal, the personal experience you have in-store. You get to meet your barista. You see their name. You see their face. On the cup, it says, made with love by whoever the barista was. So it's personal, which is great. And it's been very successful. And then now it's almost it's a significant part of our business because we're just focusing on mobile because it supports a contactless experience so i think every one of those communications were really about big decisions we've had to make along the way right the first decision was making it safe still you know the crisis was just creeping at that point so things were getting getting bad so we had to close plus the shelter in place orders took place so we closed that's another big decision. But how do we better people's days while we're closed? We have the website. So enjoy fills at home. That that was great. So we offered free shipping. And then the next step was just reopening in a safe way. So we tested. It worked. Obviously, we're not where we used to be just yet, but it worked. People were very happy. And then we've reopened all the stores. So right. it's just been a process. And I think the truth is we're iterating along the way. The most important thing is to um, make sure we get through this crisis stronger and better and to think about our core values and what's most important. And it's really about putting people first, putting the customer experience first. So every decision we've made, um, we've, we've done it through the lens of our values. Like for an example, you know, we have almost 1,500 team members. We've had to furlough quite a bit, almost 1,000, but we're still, we still paid for their health insurance while they're furloughed because we want to make sure they're supported. So, and we're bringing people back as business is coming back, but it's, it's a process and a journey. We're meeting every day. We used to meet twice a day as a leadership <laughs> team. Now we're meeting once a day as a leadership team on zoom. So we're just making rapid decisions based on what we're learning and what we're thinking. And we're not just playing defense in terms of protecting the business and people. We're also playing offense and challenging ourselves to think about, this crisis is an opportunity to get better. So mm -hmm. the theme that we've put together for COVID is a bridge to a better fills, mm. a bridge to a better fills. Right. I love that. Um, and let me zoom past in my email exploration real quick and just kind of give away the, the punchline. Um, yeah, by April 15th, another email comes out that says how to fill safe. And basically, that was your announcement that, hey, most of our stores are up and running with this mobile experience. So from March 15th to April 15th, which was, you know, a period of 30 days, you were able to kind of see what was happening, make some important decisions, and then come back to market with something that was appropriate safe. And it was something, frankly, that people were asking for. And you, and you listened and you reacted in a way that, that made a lot of sense. And again, it's not the same experience, but it's darn near close. Um, and so I, I just want to kind of put a bow on that and say I was really impressed. But I really like what you said about using this crisis as an opportunity to bridge to a better fills, which kind of brings me to the, the the other thing that I wanted to touch on, which was how far ahead into the future are you and your leadership team 
looking and what are some of those strategies or tactics that you're thinking about on how to bridge the gap to that better fills? Yep. So I think there's three pieces to it. First and foremost, um, safety is going to be really important, health and safety. Uh, I think people are going to be more hygiene oriented coming, going through and coming out of COVID. Um, you know, in five or six years, maybe less, we'll be, I think we're going to be back to normal. It's just the way we adapt. We'll be back to normal. I think the question is, um, how long will it take? But I do think people are going to be more hygiene oriented and it's really about building trust with your team and your customers. Hmm. If a customer doesn't trust that you are doing everything you can to keep it safe for them, um, it's going to be hard to develop a relationship and build loyalty. So customers are really, consumers are looking for um, brands that they can rely on, that they can trust. I think that's really important. They're also looking for brands that they want to support. Um, so right. doing the right thing, just doing the right thing is very important for your team, for customers, for your business. So, you know, I think that's important. So first is creating a safe experience that customers can trust and your team members can trust. That's what we're focused on. So we're, we're, we're working on, okay, well, if we did reopen our living rooms where people sit and gather, mm -hmm. how would we do that? So we're starting to think about that right now. Um, the next piece is really customer experience. So the mobile app has been successful pre-COVID and now it's, you know, it's almost all of our business. So it's, and it's, it's a great experience for the most part, but we'd have, the mobile app was designed for a return customer who understands Phil's. Right. Uh, if you've never been to Phil's, um, I mean, even if you walk into a store and you've never been to Phil's, you're like, what is this? A little I'm disorientating sure at first. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, so the mobile app is just, you know, you don't have the wayfinding challenge, but the menu is unique. You see mint mojito. It's like, where's my latte? So right. how do we design the mobile experience so that we can onboard a new customer? Because there's a difference between being new to mobile and new to Phil's. Being new to mobile is you recognize the menu and it's, you know, it's just a process of learning how to use the app. Being new to Phil's is how do we teach people about the menus? So that's one thing we're thinking about is how do we make that mobile experience delightful for any use case? Um, we're also adding messaging on the mobile app, you know, so people know how to safely wait, socially distancing themselves and walking up to the pickup counter at the right time. We've added products, bags of beans before COVID, bags and food were not on mobile. Now you can get all products on mobile. Um, so our, a lot of people have been you know, buying bags of beans for their house on mobile, which is great. Um, and we're also just thinking about um, you know, uh, loyalty. What does loyalty mean? Membership, you know, what, what would that look like for Phil's? How do we improve the customer experience and improve loyalty? So we're thinking about a lot of things as it relates to how do we create a delightful digital experiences experience for our customers? Because I think people are going to be more digitally, people are going to um, just shop in a more digital way. I mean, right now everybody's online and I think that's just going to continue. So safety and digitization are two things. And then the third thing, which is really just about we are we're doing we're working harder than ever with less people. So just being resourceful. 
resourceful. So we call it hashtag resourceful. So you, in the early days, my dad and I were working behind the counter, you know, we didn't have a 1-800 number to call. We didn't have a big bank account to rely on. We've had to figure it out on ourselves. And I think this is an, COVID is an opportunity for us to step back as an organization and think about the word resourceful and what it means. And really, really means is about um, being creative, thinking, um, uh, using good judgment, um, trying things out, um, and, you know, just thinking about how you can solve problems without needing to call on a professional, right? So just how do you be cost conscious and how do you um, be effective and efficient because we are doing more things with less people. So those are the three ingredients that I think support are kind of the legs of right. the stool of this bridge to a, to a better fills. And those are all things we're focused on. So we're probably looking at it at six months at a time to a year at a time right now. Right. Yeah. And well, I think that's a really responsible uh, approach that you're taking. And I really like that. All right, I want to take a quick break and pass it over to our head of client strategy here at Fratsky Media, Lisa. Lisa, take it away. Thank you, James. I'm really excited to talk to this audience today because we've been talking to a lot of our clients at Fratsky Media and truly believe that now more than ever, it's important for mid-sized businesses to connect with their customers online. I think we've all seen that COVID-19 has had widespread impacts on companies, our employees, and our economy. We fundamentally believe at Fratsy Media that the rebound will be digital. If you don't know where to start and you want to make digital your competitive edge, we can help. Visit FratsyMedia.com to schedule your free consultation. Our digital marketing experts specialize in helping mid-sized businesses like you leapfrog the competition. We look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks, Lisa. All right, let's get back into it. So when people look at Phil's and if they know a little bit about the story, you guys are from the Bay Area. Yeah. Uh, so much of your upbringing, you haven't really been treated kind of like a, a coffee shop in typical ways. You got some VC funding. You, you probably had an app in place sooner than most people would from just, you know, from the point of when you got started to when you launched something like that. It is a beautiful app, by the way. I, I will uh, compliment you on that. Um, I, I think some people might look, okay, well, they're like a tech company that just so happens to sell coffee. Um, with that being said, though, to me, everything you just said, that it, this idea of digital first, you guys happen to already have that mindset. But there's so many companies mm -hmm. out there today that wish they had that mindset. Yeah. Six months ago, you know, so yeah. they were ready for. So I think that's it's really cool and really impressive. Uh, how much does you know technology is one of your your second pillars for building that bridge or digitization? I guess how much does digitalization really factor into the ongoing success of Phil's Coffee? Mm -hmm. Which because we think of a coffee shop, we think brick and mortar. So much of the experiences in the store, but the digitization part, even if point of, of sale, you guys are collecting information, adding people mm -hmm. to emails, being able to communicate in that way I just shared very efficiently, how much of it plays into your guys' success? Yeah, you know, I think in my view, it's not about the technology or the digitization of fills. It's really about the customer and how do we 
meet our customers where they're at? How do we serve them best? So we have a fills app, but the app wasn't developed so we can create an app. The app was developed to serve a need state that customers have, which is convenience and predictability in their wait time. So it's about solving for the customer's needs. It's not about becoming a technology company or being coming, becoming more digital. So we always orient ourselves around the customer first. It always starts with the customer and then we work our way to solve that pain point or opportunity. Um, so, but I do think uh, being, uh, uh, you know, if you were going in, the way I think about it is like, if you were going into COVID strong, but without any digital presence, you're probably a lot weaker now. Right. If you were, you know, if you were going in strong, but you have a digital presence, um, you're going to be able to retain a good amount of your business and you're going to be able to, to bounce back, I think. Um, so my view is that um, uh, it's really important to serve your customers best and meet them where they're at. It all depends on the business you're in. So everybody kind of has to look at it on a business by business case. In general, though, the world has moved to mobile. Right. I mean, right. it's a form factor that sleeps with us. So it's just making sure that you can give your customers the opportunity to engage with your brand and your product on uh, whatever device they choose. I think that's important for general. In general, I think it's critical now. And if you don't have it to your point, it's a weakness. And I think that um, the world was already been moving digital. COVID has just accelerated that. So it's kind of accelerated what has is already happening. Right. Um, so that's kind of how I see it. Yeah. No, but it's makes... about the customer. It's not about not about the device. It's about the customer. I absolutely appreciate that response. And I think it makes a lot of sense. And and time and time again, we've talked before. You see this in in on social media for Phil's, you see it on in, in different interviews that you've done. There is a commitment to the values and so you know i like that you came back to that it's not necessarily about the digital it's just about meeting the customer where they yeah. are and if their preferences that be able to order from their smartphone then we want to be able to provide a service that makes sense um you know right before this all kind of hit you guys had opened up uh, a kind of a mobile only location in san francisco mm -hmm. um and I don't know if it had been open long enough to really kind of no, no not really right. two days or one day really okay I was yeah. say. so you really I was gonna say tell me more about you know what you've learned yeah. from that. but with that being said you know you look at some some companies like Chick Fil A um, other folks that in large metropolitan areas they are saying okay how do we make mobile only locations where it's just the kitchen all you can do is order and walk in or you know through mm -hmm. delivery. Obviously, you're testing that out in San Francisco. Yep. You've only got a couple of days, but is that something you're looking to explore more in larger metropolitan areas, kind of these mobile-only experiences? Yeah, I think particularly for dense urban environments, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the people working in financial district, central business district type locations are on the go. And real estate's typically a little more expensive. And 
having a gathering place for Phil's and his meeting place is super important to us because we want to bring people together. Um, but it doesn't mean that every one of our locations in the financial district needs to look the same. Right. So again, it comes back to serving the customer best, um, but the mobile only store is really about um, how do we serve that community best who's on a whose need state is convenience and on the go, and how do we do it in a more economically viable way, frankly? Like, how do we do it in a more econo economically viable way? Because if you have, imagine having 10 stores in the downtown area that are all sizable stores um, versus having five stores that are sizable and then maybe five that are just mobile. If you can serve the same amount of customers um, with less square footage and costs and you're delighting people, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. So that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. And um, kind of want to circle back to, we talked about at the beginning, this kind of idea of fillsing at home or, or how yeah. to fill fills at home. home. Yeah. yeah, fills at home hashtag. Thank you. Um, I Loves. hope you have a bag of fills. Do you have a bag of fills at home? Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, I do, don't. of course. Okay. Yeah, no, I do. I, I grab it, but um, okay, no, but no, worry. absolutely. Uh, well, I, I, I don't think I ever shared this with you, but just to get super personal for a second, my wife and I, our first date was at a fills location uh, in Huntington Beach, and then uh, we had great. fills at our wedding. So you know, I, that's amazing. I, I'm up there on the scale. I'm sure there's more fanatic people than me, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm up no, there. That's... Um. But that That's idea amazing. Of, Thank of, you for that. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Um, the idea of Phil's at home, I, I, I like how you guys have been telling that story on social media and, and through some of your digital channels. Can you tell me a little bit about you know, how the marketing team or, or how folks came up with that? And what are some of those tactics or things that you're looking for to, to be able to create some of that content? Because it wasn't necessarily in your plan before but now it is, and it's, it really shows off your brand in a nice way. What were some of the, the ideas that went into some of that stuff? Yeah, uh, well, the team has done an amazing job. Uh, I think we've always had bills at home, which really is just selling our bags of beans, whether ground or whole bean. Uh, we don't sell coffee makers or grinders. We may uh, put some on the website at some point, but we're not doing that now. So Phil's at home is really about bringing awareness that you can enjoy any one of your favorite blends at home. And it's about education, educating people way, uh, different ways to brew Phil's at home. That's really what it is. Um, it's not like a new product. It's really about communication. It's about awareness. Um, and it's about focus, right? Because a lot of people are at home. So fills at home makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. And it might not taste exactly like the store. Um, <laughs> maybe that's a good thing. I'm not sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't, I think we are a retail brand first. Like you experience the fills. If, if you live far away and you never have been to a fill store and you order a bag of beans online, uh, hopefully you enjoy it. It's going to be good if you get the right blend that comes to your taste. But you won't necessarily view Phil's as very different. Right. Because the store experience is what uh, is the real difference of how we, how we make it, how you order, 
you know, what the concept is. The that's I think that's where you get the real difference. And it's hard to communicate that online if you've never been to a store. Right. So I think we're um a lot of people who order online are people who have experienced and engage with the brand to some extent. But um, that's the thing we're just thinking through is how do we, what more could we be doing to present bills um, online where you don't have a store nearby in a way that tells that story? So I guess that's something we're, we're thinking through. A lot of it's tell a friend, right? Right. Everybody tells a friend, which is great. But yeah. We're thinking through that because we do think it's important to continue focusing on the spills at home experience. Right. Um, yep. I'm going to ask one last question because I know we're, we're running short on time. Yeah. Um, and I want to come back to that idea of, of getting back to business. And I love what you said, our family rooms. I didn't know you referred to, to, to that common area as a family room. So I, I love that. Um, what does it look like to get back to business for you guys? What, what, what does it look like to create an experience that still feels uniquely fills, but also is starting to uh, come along with the country reopening in different places? You know, how, how do you guys get back to that kind of dine-in or, or walk-in business that, mm-hmm. that you had before the crisis? Yep. Well, let's start with the long-term view. And the long-term view is that we're going to get back to normal. Um, and maybe that is a better version of where we were before. Okay. But I do think ordering from the barista and having that high touch personalization is super important. Having a gathering place where people can meet and socialize and relax is important. People want their dose of community. People want to be able to connect with others and just have a sense of belonging. So that's not going to change. I think, um, how do we continue to evolve? this contactless experience um, will be a learning process. We will not, we do not currently have all the answers. We have ideas, but I do think that there's a difference between, you know, local um, cities and states. There's this physical reopening, which is when they get on TV and they say we're reopening. And then there's a psychological reopening. And I think those are different things. They don't necessarily go together because people can tell you that things are open back up, but there's still going to be people who are um, worried about getting back to normal life. So I do think it's going to be a slow process. So we'll need to see how that unfolds, but really coming up with ways to create a safe living room for people is not that hard. It's just like less Mm. seating. You know, right. maybe it's table service, distant table service. Right. So we'll, I don't have I don't have the specific answer about how we're going to do it, but right now we like how we're doing it, which is mobile. And right. even if living rooms are we we're able to open them, we may just pilot three or four stores to try different things while we keep what we have because we know it works. Right. So. Yeah, it certainly seems like you and your team have a willingness to test things and adjust. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and that's a great approach, right? Because you're not trying to just go all full speed all in all at once, uh, which is, I think, a, a, a nearsighted uh, tactic that a lot of people take. So I yep. can appreciate the kind of taking steps. Um, with that being said, I will give you the final word before we wrap up today. Is there anything you'd like to say that you haven't said or anything you want to share with the audience? 
no, I think uh, this has been great. I really appreciate the time. And um, do you have any feedback for us? Anything we could be doing better? Oh, that is such, you know what? I was going to mention this, Jacob, because literally every post that you make about an innovation or something that Phyllis has done, you ask for feedback. And in the stores, you have the, the iPads or the tablets or whatever they are that are asking for instant feedback. On the app, you're asking for instant feedback. I love it. It's absolutely great. Do I have any feedback for you? None that I'm willing to share right now. <laughs> okay. Well, do um, let me know. Shoot me a note. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm really appreciating what you guys are up to and, and uh, being open for the community. And I know that people appreciate it. So uh, I guess that's my only feedback is keep up the good work. You keep up the great work too. Awesome connecting. Stay awesome. safe, okay? All right. Awesome. Thanks, Jacob. All righty. That concludes my interview with Jacob Jaber. I just want to thank him again for his time today. And I, I thought it was really telling. At the end of our interview, he asked for feedback. And that is something that Phil's Coffee is truly committed to, asking for feedback, acting on it, and getting better every day. So here's my feedback for Phil's. Keep doing what you're doing. In fact, for people listening right now, for those mid-sized businesses that are thinking about how do we get back to business, I think what Phil's is doing is actually a great blueprint. And at Fratsky Media, we believe that the rebound will be digital. That's why we're committed at the end of each of these episodes to unpack what our guests shared and think about what are the digital marketing strategies that our listeners can take into their business from what our guest has been sharing. And so I think there's three great takeaways, and here they are. Number one, the best time to plant a tree was yesterday. The second best time to plant a tree is today. What am I talking about? Well, do you remember when Jacob said that because they invested in digital before the pandemic, their business has actually been able to stay pretty strong going into the pandemic? He also made the point to say, if you weren't invested before the pandemic, you're probably in bad shape right now. Well, now is the perfect time to invest in digital and digital marketing to really bolster your performance going into this back-to-business phase, going back to this new normal. So think about opportunities to start incorporating digital into your business. And that brings me to point number two, which is how Phil's Coffee had this e-commerce experience already set up prior to COVID-19. So when we were all forced to stay at home and businesses were forced to close, they were able to pivot to Phil's at home and give discounts and deals to sell coffee directly to the consumer. So I want you to think about what are the opportunities within your business to start moving some of those pieces online? What are the things you could be selling directly to the consumer through an e-commerce or some other digital channels? And the third thing I wanted to pull out was their ability to communicate to customers very quickly. Now, Jacob said that sometimes it might seem like over-communication, but keep this in mind. Your customers want to know, are you open? What are your safety precautions? How can they do returns? How can they buy things from you? And so email marketing is a great way to communicate with your customers. Think about how are you collecting emails? Thinking, think about how are you sending those emails? And think about what type of automations you can put in place so that your customers are constantly kept in the loop. That concludes our time today. Thank you for listening so much. I can't wait to see all of your faces again, hopefully really, really soon. But until next time, 
I've been James Fratsky, and thank you for listening to Back to Business. Well, that's it for today's episode of the Back to Business podcast. You know, if you like what you heard today, join the bank that believes in businesses like these and like yours, Infinity Bank. I was just speaking with Victor and Bala at Infinity Bank recently, and they shared with me how they find ways to help businesses and their owners succeed, regardless of the challenges they're facing. Come to Infinity Bank. They will remind you why having a banker is more important than just having a bank. Infinity Bank, Southern California's best bank. Hey everyone, one last thing before you leave. Make sure you go to whatever platform you're listening to the Back to Business podcast on and leave us a positive review. Every rating and review really helps us grow the show. And make sure you share it with people in your professional network so we can help other people like you and your mid-sized business get back to business. Music.